welcome to Verdant North. This is part two of an interview Caroline and Dan conducted with Amanda Thompson. She has recently released a book titled Kiss My Aster, a graphic guide to creating a terrific yard totally tailored to you. You can find out more about Amanda at kissmyaster.com, as well as read her blog, purchase her book, or take an online gardening class. So get your weed pulling gloves on and your Bluetooth speakers and volume set to maximum. Here's part two with Amanda Thompson. I think you're really awesome at upcycling and thrifting creative elements. So what are some of your favorite materials to work with? Like if you go to a thrift store or you have a project in mind, what are you hunting for? Um, I still look for vintage bowls, especially wood ones that I can drill holes in. Mm -hmm. I still find tons of McCoy planters, which isn't really using a ton of creativity, but um, I love the look of them. Mm -hmm. I feel like they go from cottage to mid-century modern, which I live in a very mid-century modern ranch. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for things that work with that and things that I can attach to each other to make mid-century looking planters, which is, you know, like simple lines made out of complicated junk, basically. Mm. I'm looking at a bunch of planters here made out of old um serving implements old uh there's a weird clay pot that i attached ears to because i don't wear earrings and i had some clip-on vintage earrings i wanted to display <laughs> so the normal thing to do would be to put some ears on a regular pot and then clip those earrings onto that pot right that's just what normal people do <laughs> totally what's in the, is it like maidenhair fern in the pot no, it's the Sansevieria cylindrica. So it oh. just, it looks like I have a problem. It just looks <laughs> like, it looks angry and also weird. And you're like, that's what it's going to look like. This is yeah, basically, those are cool. Um, look at those earrings. Aren't they great? My favorite, favorite, favorite thing is buying old tiki cups and filling that with cool plants and orchids oh, because yeah. I can't have enough. The Polynesian thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get enough. No, that's really cool. You know, but also, is, it's when winter is long, there is rum and tiki bars. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's really, it's important to my well-being in the winter. So I try to get some as much of that in my house as possible. Can relate, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at all these questions that I sent up there. What's a good one to go to next? Uh, I have an unrelated, uh, a non-plant question. Uh, I was just thinking of this when you said you used to work at Starbucks, but how do you make your coffee now? I'm 100% French press. Yeah. And we even have travel French presses that we (laughs) bring with us when we go to hotels. What do you do? Do you like... I, I did French press for a long time, and it really started getting to me like the like the last yeah, the, the quarter of the cup where you kind of get like the particulate. <laughs> it's really easy. You just don't drink that. Okay. <laughs> Pretty I easy. Went, I went to Chemex recently. I recently got a Chemex, and so now I've been. You know what? <laughs> I have a seven-year-old. I can't that. do a Chemex. It's, that would be like there'd just be like broken glass on the floor every day, yeah. like yeah. every day. Yeah. So um, French press is great for us, and um, we have one in a locker in Orlando from when we go to Disney World. (laughs) How often do you go to Disney World that you have a permanent locker? Twice a year. Twice a year. All right. That's so far. Cool. So far, twice a year. Uh, um, we're my husband is really into it. You expect my child to be really into it. That is not the case. What about um, Harry Potter World? 
Well, she's really into that, and we liked that. I didn't like the rest of Universal very much, and it's God, is it expensive to do yeah. that? So, yeah. um, my kid is more into Harry Potter than any seven year old, and I know that that's really saying something. But um, she listens to the Audible stories every night of her life for the last year. <laughs> oh. She called me a squib the other day. <laughs> as long as she didn't call you a mudblood. I think that's no. worse, but we don't we don't swear in this household. <laughs> it's funny because I'm rereading the books right now. Actually, I'm I was just reading Azkaban before I came over. Nice. <laughs> so this kid knows everything about everything, and she just was. It was so magical to take her to Harry Potter World, and she just felt so at home there, and she knew how to do everything, and she she was so comfortable. But the rest of the park just kind of blows, so mm. it's just uh, not Disney at all. I mean, Disney uh, is, for a, a creative person, being at Disney is just such a mind-expanding situation where you're not just amused. You're also like, how did they do that, and why did they do that? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it, it just kills me. That place just kills me. I've I've been there just the I've been to Dis, uh, Disney World twice, Disneyland once. And I love that, you know, when they do a planting bed, it is solid flowers from side to it side. Is. It is not this hair plug. I hope no. this fills in and never will. You, you, have you ever seen the video of their switch outs? No. Okay, I'll it to you. Here's the thing, and this is like I'm such a I'm still a project manager in my heart, right? I'm on vacation, but I still want to know how they do everything, and I'm still checking out, and I'm still taking pictures of flowers. So we were there. We try, we tend to go there for the Halloween Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Okay, and um, we were there on Halloween night until midnight. We were at Disney World until midnight, maybe one o'clock in the morning. They kick you all out by one. Okay. At, Seven o'clock the next morning, the park opens and they have completely changed from Halloween theme to Christmas theme. Wow. Whoa. Between one and seven a.m. And, and it's amazing. They have a time lapse video of how they do that, including they change out every single dang planting. Oh, my gosh. So it goes from, you know, orange and spooky <laughs> to um, to poinsettias and white euf- and diamond frost euphorbia. Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's crazy. It's insane. I can't wait to and, see this video, actually. Uh, and I like show this to my guys. And I'm like, okay, listen, here's what I need from you. I need this. I need you to be this. <laughs> and they're like, we're not coming in between one and seven. No, and I'm like, could you just do it during the daylight? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, see, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but where's the magic? Come on. There's no magic. That's amazing. I love that. I'm going to have to check that out. I, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's pretty magical. And I watch it every once in a while just to like, it's on my list of things to do when I'm sad. That's your pick me up video. Yeah, it is. It's pretty big deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm inspired now. I got to have to go visit. It's pretty rad. It is. I need to see Harry Potter world actually too. That's uh, it's on the list. It's there somewhere. That, that train ride is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the Hogwarts express. Oh my God! Don't even t- don't even say its name. Without- I can't hold back the tears. It's so amazing. Oh my God! <laughs> well, you know. All right. So we talked about Orlando. Let's bring it back up to you know Zone Five, Zone Four, Zone Three. Oh yeah. Um, can you can you tell us about some of your favorite underrated plants to use that thrive up here in the Midwest? Yeah. And here's the deal. I've always, I grew up with a pretty big backyard. Mm -hmm. And when I first started 
um, dawdling, dabbling with gardening, I brought home some pretty in- invasive plants because I just was like, hey, we got more than an acre. Um, this gooseneck loose strife, that'll take care of a quarter of an acre. And I just did some dumb things. And I learned my lesson. And I tend to still like plants that fill a space, but mm-hmm. don't, they're not in a, uh, aggressive manner okay Mm. so i still like plants that you're like whoa that wasn't there yesterday but they're not hard to get rid of either does that make sense yes i understand some people make some very serious accusations about my favorites they're like oh those are invasive i'm like yeah I, i see where you could say that they act invasively however removing them is a piece of cake it's just not that big of a deal so I don't I don't really understand why people need to get all that judgy. Anyway, so here here are my things. Okay. Jewels of Opar is technically an annual. Okay. It recedes so that you would never know that it was an annual. It recedes everywhere. It's gorgeous. It's beyond bizarre and the leaves are edible. Well, edible oh, leaves like you can just talk about Yeah, and they're chartreuse, so you can throw them in a red leaf salad. Oh. And they look really really cool. Uh, we I just googled it real quick so we know what we're talking about and those are really cool. I love the little star they're, flowers and the very like, yeah. Well, the, the flowers are almost insignificant. So basically, you're you're looking at these like panicles of seeds of pink seeds, and it's very hard to photograph. It's very airy. Yeah, it has. Um, it would I would say that it has when you're walking next to it. It has twelve inches of presence, but it doesn't look like anything either. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it, I, has lot, it has a lot of presence while not being bulky or blocky. It kind of reminds me of maybe coral bells or foamy bells a little bit, just with the yeah, really yeah, soft. I, I mean, I and, see it. I see it. But I, I think of those flowers as a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> pull them off. Do you pull flowers off of your hostas, too? Sometimes I uh, since I've met Pete, who I talk about like I really know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Udolf. Um, but I, I've like followed him around a few times like a puppy dog. And he's like, just leave it alone and see what happens. And he's made me like calm down a lot more about things like that. Okay. So I don't know who Pete uh, Udolf is. I'm going to talk about him like I know him, like he would know me. But the, <laughs> the restraining order says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. another plant that I would recommend that's also, it's not aggressive, it just gets everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, in my case, I have an acre and a quarter to fill. Right. So I'm looking for that. Um, is bronze fennel? Oh, okay. Do you grow that? No, I'm not good at fennel. <laughs> well, neither am I. So I'm just saying, uh, I love eating fennel. This is not as much of an eating fennel as a Florence fennel. It doesn't grow a bulb, but the leaves smell really great and uh, it gets everywhere and it's beautiful and it's food for swallowtail caterpillars oh excellent yeah cool and it looks amazing it looks like like smoke when it's coming up it's really stunning it sets other plants apart gorgeously and um it's just really a cool plant and it's i mean there's some things that reseed you just throw it on some seeds and you're going to get that plant there's some things that you need to like plant a mother plant and then when she goes to seed then you're going to like have that plant forever okay this might be that okay okay no, that's really it. cool. And I like that it's um, habitat and food for swallowtail yeah, and caterpillars. I mean, it just makes other plants look good. And that's always so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you want me to keep going? Stand out. Yeah. Give us at least one more. Okay. How about prickly pear? Oh, very cool. Prickly pear. Yeah. I, I think 
I have a lot of opinions. Uh, I think everyone um, has these cute little plantings out by their mailbox, and they should just stop that and plant pr- prickly pear around their mailbox that says, get the hell away from my mail. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're the mail carrier. Right? Yeah. I mean, the mail carrier is going to know better. But, I mean, like, why, does, why do people, like, put all these annuals and clematis on their mailbox? It just says, come and take my mail. I have some packages in here. They're also going to be very pretty. <laughs> I I did get some hardy prickly pear because I think uh, Twin Cities is zone 4B right now. So not all of the pretty blooming prickly pears are hardy up here. So I have a yellow blooming variety, but yeah. I, I have two yellow blooming varieties, one with white spines and one with red spines. But it's, cool. I mean, they're just getting started because I have a, a hell strip that I planted up with all hardy succulents to our zone. So sedums and hens and chicks and prickly pear. I just love that. There's no better plant for a hell strip than prickly pear. I like the name Hell Strip too. Yes. It's making me think that we should start an installation uh, of like like a hell strip that's full of like pain plants. You know, like poison ivy <laughs> and stuff with like thorns. Hell strip. Hellraiser yard. <laughs> I was next to a Chicago school and there, I think there were third graders, but they were like smoking and swearing and like planted <laughs> in the corner. At first I thought they were little people. I didn't understand like how they could be this evil. And um, they would just like pull out all my plants and stuff. They were just like second or third graders. And so I planted this corner house strip with a Canadian Explorer rose, which is the thorniest rose that you could find that grows like huge and really fills in. And then I also used a lot of Cleome, which smells strongly of cat pee. The real real cinch, like where I really absolutely burned their retinas was with the horseradish planting. Oh. That is funny. They backed off that spot. I'm like, either they backed off or it was just because of like summer came. I'm not really sure. (laughs) That's one or the other. Yeah. Let's see. That's funny. What's the what's I feel like there's a small um, hedge that also is it. I don't know if that it's barberry. I don't know. Yeah. I'm even thinking about barberry. Oh, yeah. I hate barberry. That's just me. I'm just tired of when I'm trying to garden in my space and I get you know, slivers under my fingernails from the spines of a barberry. I'm like, that's it. This effing thing's got to go. Like, I'm well, done with it. And I they're it evil. And, you know, they're having a really hard time with them in New England right now because they are some kind of a shelter for ticks. And so oh. I would look for them to join the invasive species list through yeah, the Midwest sense. soon. I, yeah, it makes sense. But, they're, buy them but they're all five ninety nine at yeah. Home Depot or whatever big box are. Randy beep that. <laughs> Like getting the yellow roots of terror out when you need to. Yeah, it was hard to dig out. And even when you had gloves, they were just razor sharp through the gloves. And it, uh, I I had to use a needle to dig so many of those out of my hands, even when I was using gloves, even when I was, you know, yep, working five here. feet away. And I have a scar. Yeah. Boo. Oh, wow. Do you. OK, well, we're talking about stuff that you've grown in. We talked about your sassy hell strip, which. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah. that, third graders. <laughs> Take that, third graders. Uh, putting out your c- cigarettes in my house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, being a kid got really serious real fast. <laughs> um, just Okay, so you do you garden with your daughter? 
I try to. I mean, she wants to help and she does her own thing. But um, I mean, I've always she's always been in the garden with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she planted some some gourd seeds in the middle of the lawn. And she I mean, like in the middle of the lawn. <laughs> Just so, on her own. Awesome. She was like, I declare this spot is now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's she's out there. She knows how to do stuff. She IDs plants. She IDs bugs. Cool. She eats everything I grow, which is really cool. Yes. Um, she's been calling my green beans. They, she calls them velvet peas. And she's like, I'm going to go up and, and eat some velvet peas. She forages for berries. Um, we have a stream that runs through our property. She's always in that. Very so cool. she's definitely a really dirty nature kid. And I couldn't be more proud of all that. Awesome. That's really cool. I had a dirty nature upbringing, but it seems like in big cities, especially like that's less and less common these days. Like agreed. And I'm just 10 minutes from the city limits. Nice. That's not too Hmm. bad. No, you don't have like a two hour commute to get anywhere downtown. No, it still takes two hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Well, so you worked with your Girl Scouts and taught them about planting bean seeds and your daughter's outside veggie gardening with you. Um, So do you have any like any big things that you would say help get kids into gardening? I say letting them plant seeds. And even if they plant the seeds and they do like they really jack it up and then you just go in and fix it after they go to bed. Yeah. I think that's really important for them to have some success in the garden really young. Yes. I meet so many gardeners who are not really young and they haven't had that success and it really stunts them. Um, it's so easy just to throw down a package of seeds. I'm like the laziest. I have so I'm not I'm not lazy. I should I should stop saying that. I, I have so many other things going that I don't devote an awful lot of time to any one thing. If they if I put down a package of seeds and they don't grow, well, that's not on me because mm-hmm. they didn't play along to my wishes. <laughs> so I plan another thing and say screw it. Um, so uh, I think you know just getting out there, me showing modeling resiliency and modeling, not getting upset or frustrated and making sure she has some successes. Uh, I think it's all that it takes. And then she goes out there and eats all my lettuce. (laughs) (laughs) Just like picks a handful and wanders around the yard. She does that. She does that. Um, I mean, she just eats basil. She just eats it. She, uh, she won't eat the rat tail radishes or the radishes, but I'm growing like a hundred thousand cucumbers cause she'll eat the cucumbers. The spikes don't throw her at all. Right, like right. The, you know, like the little prickles on the cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Um, she will eat everything that I have out there and I'm growing mouse melons. So, you know, like the little, um, sour gherkins for her. She, yeah. I think, I think they're gross, but they're really cute. She'll fill her cheeks up with them and just eat them all day. (laughs) (laughs) I grow them. I like them. I think they're great in a gin and tonic, actually. Yeah. Well, sure. But I mean, not in a gin and tonic. I mean, you lose your incentive. (laughs) Well, I like them. (laughs) But that's okay. I mean, yeah, I would like them in a gin and tonic. I also like to grow the little um, the yellow globe, the little lemon cucumbers that are like a personal sized serving for a light snack. Yes. She eats those like apples. I do too. (laughs) I eat eat tomatoes like apples too, but that's, that's me. I really like veggies. Um, so is she, does she mostly gravitate towards edible stuff or does she have any flowers that she's gotten really excited about? Um, she, she, she completely takes them for granted. She just thinks that everyone lives like this. It's just not a big deal to her. So she's into 
the plants that are giving us caterpillars to monitor. Um, she's into the plant, the bugs that are on the different plants, but she's, she very rarely looks at a flower and is like, Whoa, look at that. <laughs> so, um, she's kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to say that she's jaded, but it, it's just not where it's at for her right now. I think, well, I feel like I can kind of relate to that. Like I grew up in these beautiful black hills. And then when I moved away for college, everyone's like, oh, wow, you came from this beautiful place. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But then you live away from it for so long that you're like, wow, I'm tired of living on flat terrain and the trees around here all suck. I want to go back to the hills from time to time to remind myself that, you know, Mm. there are different you know, stranger things than these going on. So, yeah, she, she has been dragged to every arboretum and botanic garden for her whole life. So it's really the things that give her a snack or that she gets to see some kind of bizarre wildlife that gets her right now. Nice. But he does say that she wants to be a gardener when she grows up, like a professional gardener. Oh, well, hey, that's got to feel kind of good. That Sounds you're... like she's on track. Yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Right? I told her, I'm like, if you if you stick on, stay on track right now, you can easily get a job at any garden center when you're 16. They'll all like freak yeah. out over you. And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's she's... my goal. <laughs> she's like, yeah, mom, I already know. Just... Yeah, right. <laughs> she already knows more than a lot of customers I've helped, so. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to one of my questions for you was, do you have tips for people when they're trying to figure out where they should go for plants? Like what are the kinds of things that are okay to get at a big box store or what are uh, some things you should know when you run into a garden center? What are what are your favorite garden center pro tips? My analogy that I would use for this is that nobody wants to eat a hot dog from the gas station, but every once in a while you find yourself in a situation where that's just the way it is, right? And that's how plants from big boxes should be treated. It's like a special weird one-off, not something that you do consistently because it's not going to, it's not going to make you feel very good. Um, especially here in the Midwest, right? All the plants that are in big boxes are shipped in from warmer climates Mm -hmm. where they're, you know, things are just different for those plants. So they're not, they're not acclimated to our climates. They're not grown here. And then they're put on semi trucks and shipped in for God knows how long, right? In this either refrigerated truck or a non-refrigerated truck. Mm -hmm. And then they're slapped down on asphalt and, you know, basically barely clinging to life by people who water them seven times a day, whether they need it or not. Right. Why would you gamble on that? Like, oh, it's cheaper. Maybe, maybe it is. It's <laughs> a good so point. Hot dog at the stop and go. You know. Yeah. Maybe it is cheaper. Maybe is it, it is a cheaper. good decision. <laughs> I don't know. Can we figure it out? You'll find out in eight to twelve right. hours. So, then, but then the price that we all pay is that people are like, I can't garden. Everything I try dies. I'm like, well, where where are you getting stuff from? I'd never thought about that. No, that's a really good call. And there's a lot of like, we have a couple of greenhouses here that'll have one year guarantee on their perennials so if this one doesn't make it bring it in with its tag and talk to their customer service desk they'll replace it and maybe talk to you about okay how did you take care of it where was it planted what was your dirt they want you to succeed yeah ultimately you know it's a drug we want you to get hooked and come back in (laughs) yes Um, yes (laughs) it is 
Um, so, okay. What would, what kind of advice would you give to, let's say new homeowners? Like they've got their first yard ever. They're not confident yet. Like they, okay. They understand the analogy that they need to go somewhere where the plants are, are acclimated and people are going to set them up for success as best they can. Uh, what would you say is a good place to start? Um, I would say, to firstly uh, drive around or walk around the neighborhood and see what you like and what you don't like. Oh, Take pictures. That's a good call. Um, and but and and at the second that you're done with that step and you've collated this idea of what you do, like completely screw the neighbors. Screw the neighbors. <laughs> stupid. Don't do what they do. Um, but if there's a couple plants or ideas, you know, make make it your own. You are not living this short life on earth here to make your ha- neighbors happy. True. I think it's so bizarre that when we buy a house, people are like, hey, I bought a house. When we bought this house, I was like, hey, I bought an acre and a half and there's a house on it. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> I mean, I own a piece of the earth. What? That is just freaky. And I'm going to do whatever the hell I want with it. And I just so feel strongly that people should enjoy their time and their space that way. Like, I'm not off, not often to my, like, on my soapbox that I'm like, hey, I'm doing this right and you should do it like I'm doing it. Um, but I just see so many people who are so intimidated by their outdoor space and it just freaks me out. Yeah, yeah I I have a pretty big backyard for having a city lot because I don't have an alley. So I was really excited to have a huge backyard to work with. And so now I'm like, oh, this is the pollinator area and uh, this is the the shade garden and here's the vegetable beds and here's the dry riverbed. And like I got excited to have the space to try out all of the things I've been inspired by. So Dan hasn't seen my backyard yet this year. No, not yet. He'll see it next month. I'm throwing a little party, but (laughs) I'm pretty excited. Do you ever do tours of your yard or anything like that? Like even online tours for people? I do. Um, and my goal, like my long range goal is to have a garden that is good enough to put on open days. And my goal was to do that in my forties, which, um, I get time is starting to close in on me to do that in my forties, but I, I don't like those, those open gardens are always so stuffy and they're much older women and they're much older families. And I want to show younger families what can be done and what is like how much fun, living in your space can be um but I, i'm gonna need some extra help or money i don't know one of the <laughs> something's gonna have to in order to make that happen i get right it now i'm on like a super strict budget of a freelance writer right um dan and i tomorrow so dan and i are both hennepin county master gardeners and we get it like you know we're two out of maybe 20 people under the age of retirement right uh, in this program it's kind of stark the differences yeah um, and you can meet some really cool knowledgeable people sure but you're gonna get sassed too like I said, grab this spade. I know what a spade is, lady. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Not helping you anymore. Um, yeah. But but tomorrow there's this big learning garden tour. Uh, it's one of the fundraisers. And so there's nine different yards we're going to go kind of do an open yard thing with. And they do try to um, they do try to have like a learning station at each one. And this year they're talking about like worm composting and some aquaponics. And they got food trucks involved. So, hey. That's really cool. It's good. It's I'm hoping I'm hoping that, 
you know, trying part of our mantra at Verdant North is, hey, it's okay to kill plants. As in, I really want people to experiment and try like Miss Frizzle style, make mistakes, get messy, Mm -hmm. learn something, try something and break things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kill things all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Same. My analogy for this, I'm big into analogies. It's like if people broke one glass unloading the dishwasher and they're like, that's it. I'm never drinking again. (laughs) What's I mean, like I'm breaking all the things and killing all the things and it doesn't stop me from anything. But I am a little more fearless, I guess, than the average bear. But I mean, what is really the big deal? (laughs) I think it's a lot of people are perfectionists and they would rather have all or nothing, which is bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, that's not realistic. It isn't. It just holds you back in life from getting all the things you want. Yeah, that is very true. Yep. So last question, because I know we've been talking for like an hour now um, and it's, it's have, been great. Um, I've been having fun. Um, <laughs> oh, you have dinner in the oven. If you got to go, let us know. Um, no, but I was going to say, you know, not everybody is a DIY person. So what what advice would you give people like, OK, you think you should hire a designer. What kind of qualities should you look for in a, a designer? And what kind of things should you understand about hiring a designer as far as having expectations and communicating? Every designer has their groove. Mm-hmm. And um, we all have a set a set of plants that we work with because we trust them. And it also becomes really easy for us. Um, we all have, I, I would say, pick a designer that you'd want to go out to dinner with. Mm-hmm. Because this person's going to be up in your biz for quite a bit, depending on how big your yard is. Um, And make sure that you, uh, if you are not just seeing photos, I would say ask to tour some of the gardens that they've done. Oh, that's a good Um, Yeah. And uh, and have some really strong ideas of your own. I've met so many people who are just like, I don't know what I want. And then it's just like, Uh. what? I'm just going to give you what I want. That doesn't make any sense at all. I'm going to charge you thousands of dollars to give you what I want. That's just have some ideas. I mean, like I would joke with the really, really wealthy clients that I've had in the past that they would want us to put in like really trendy vegetable gardens and they'd want us to tend the vegetable gardens and then they'd want us to harvest the vegetable gardens for them and set that box right next to the back door. And then you come the next day and that box would still be sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, now they want us to eat the vegetables. for them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at that point, did you want a CSA? Like, but it, it was not. The, I had a I had a very wealthy customer once say, um, "My tomatoes ha- don't have any tomatoes on them yet," and I'm like, "Well, it's May." And she's like, "Yeah, that doesn't really matter." My husband has had a very bad week. He got a golden parachute, and can you just go to the store and put some, um, get some tomatoes and, and just attach them to our tomatoes because that would make him feel really good about himself. That's batshit crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I would not use golden parachute in a sentence if it didn't really happen. I don't even know what that is, but I'll look it up when we're done. No yeah, worries. I'll tell you what it is. It's when a very wealthy white dude mm-hmm. um, who has been working at a company for a really long time, but they want to fire him. They give him a oh. million dollars as a retirement. That's a golden parachute. It um, sounds like a good day to me. Well, it's like, hey, you don't it, have to work anymore. Him, apparently tomatoes were going to make that better. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fix it all right up. That's the first thing I think of when I hear about somebody being laid off with a million dollars. Rich people. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That was hilarious. Well, okay. I know that you do a bunch of design work. So since we're wrapping things up here, um, 
do you want to share uh, where people can find information about your blog and your book or where they can contact you for design consultations? I make it hard as possible because I really want people to work for it. (laughs) (laughs) Go make sure that we're a good fit before we work together. Therefore, find me. No, Um, I'll give a list of information. Uh, I'm not, I'm like, don't call me. I almost wrote it on my business cards. Here's my phone number. Don't call me. (laughs) me. You can text me. You can email me. You can send me a letter. You can send me a Snapchat. Just don't call me. That's hard. Uh, My website is kissmaster.com. There's all kinds of information on that. Uh, the Facebook page is kissmaster. Um, everything I do is pretty much kissmaster. And, um, uh, my email is, I'm easy to find on all that stuff. I'm on Instagram at kissmyaster, Twitter kissmyaster. I do design for people in the Chicago area where I come out and I spend an hour in your yard getting you totally stoked. And no one, I don't leave someone's yard where they're not like a cheerleader for their own space. Awesome. And that's so it's so cool to see me get these women like just stoked to get things done. Awesome. And, um, and then I send them this huge document with all the things that they can do and how they can do it, what they need to do it, a budget, a timeline, photos, um, videos, you name it. It's a really cool wow. process. And it's just for like, a, I, I'm going to have like 12 customers who really get it. Okay. Like the 300 customers I'd like, but you know, <laughs> Awesome. All right. So everybody go online and find Kiss My Asser. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for giving us an interview. This is this has been great. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find our blog posts online at at verdantnorth.net. Find us on Twitter at Verdant North, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. If you want to contact us but hate social media, you can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. You can hear this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, rate, comment, and share the podcast. The more likes, ratings, comments we receive, the more visible this podcast becomes. We don't pay for advertising, and we don't have any networks backing us. We produce this on and distribute this all on our own. So sharing our show with your friends and family is the only way we get heard. If you like what you're listening to and you feel like contributing, you can donate to us at coffee.com slash verdant north. That's ko-fi.com slash verdant north. You can find Caroline Hallstrom on Twitter at, at Miss Zero Line. That's Miss So Line. You can find Dan Hudson on Twitter at Verdant Dan. You can find Amanda Thompson at kissmyaster.com. An extra special thanks to Brie Edisted and Dewey Vu for graphics and artwork. An extra big thanks to webmaster Corey Hartung for making sure we exist on the web. And as always, a thank you to Minneapolis band Volcanus for allowing us to use their tunes. Allow, follow, their, follow their hilarious video pr- blog project on YouTube and listen to them and our tribal band Prozac Rat on Bandcamp, YouTube, and find them on Facebook. Thanks for listening and always remember... It's okay to kill plants.